You are listening to the TA Podcast, the official podcast of Strathmore High School. SHS students will discuss what's going on around the building, their interests in academics, their interests in everything in life, and also why it's still called the TA Podcast. Special thanks to Evan Lloyd for recording and mixing, Tams and Musselman for the podcast artwork, Mr. Alsop for the theme music, and Mr. Laszlo for the tech support. All right, so for this podcast, um, Cohen has decided that he wants to talk about climate change and more specifically um, look at the Indigenous point of view on climate change and talk about um, some of the recent natural disasters that have been happening out in Siksika. And we are very lucky to have some guest speakers with us. Um, so I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. And then when you're done, Cohen, you can get started on asking your questions. So thank you guys for coming out today. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, my real name is Pete Dopey. My given name is uh, Gerald Sidden Eagle. And uh, I'm glad to be here. So I'm uh, to date. I'm 73 years old, and uh, yeah, I'm just glad to be here and trying to help out the best way I can. Okay, my name is Dolores Sidney Eagle. <clears throat> um, I'm glad to be here too. Um, I guess we want to share with you know. We lived in Washington, the community of Washington in, in Siksika. It's in the east side of uh, Clooney, by the, by the river. So we were one of the victims there. We lost 100%. And I did notice a lot of changes on that. So anyways, we'll talk about that. So glad to be here too. Uh, before we begin, um the reason why this is all Sixka Indigenous uh, topics is because I am an Indigenous student in this school. I am a counselor for this year's Cheaping Council, and uh, to make this podcast more uh, unique and uh, you know, more listenable, uh, I decided to tackle, ta- tackle the topics of climate change and uh, an Indigenous perspective on it. Because I'm, uh, I'm just imagine that. Uh, so, first of all, what are we doing to the environment? I mean, all this happens for a reason, right? I mean, climate change doesn't happen because of God didn't, God felt like it, that's it, but all this happens for a reason. What are we doing to the environment, and how is it affecting our daily lives? Okay, uh... I'm just going to speak on my experiences, yeah, my, my uh, what I've seen as uh, growing up, and what I've heard from my grandfathers, my grandmothers, and uh, how I've learned uh, stuff along the way. Uh, even though Laura and I have been together for over 50 years, uh, we. Uh, I always respect that she was brought up uh, in a different way, but in the end, uh, our thoughts are always the same. Uh, So, uh, and like, uh, for the climate change, uh, I guess that's the uh, the big question that 
everybody has today. Uh, you know, we never really understand. Like in the past, animals always told us what uh, what it's going to be. Uh, example. Uh, if the weather was going to change, the coyotes will be howling. And it still happens, but not as often now. Uh, if it's going to be a cold winter, the beavers will tell us. You know, the huts will be high, but uh, even the, even the uh, beavers are confused now about, our animals are confused about how the weather is changing. I've heard some arguments for that about uh, animals adapting to climate change. But uh, since climate change is moving by so fast, it's impossible for uh, animals to adapt to this. Like, you listeners listening to this podcast, I'm not sure if you guys can see this, but uh, remember last year? Um, uh, last year's summer. Last year's summers, I don't think I've heard anyone complain about the weather. I don't think I've heard anyone complain how hot it was. But uh, this year was crazy. Like, uh, this image right here, this was on the news. Yeah. So This year compared to last year. So the image that Cohen has is just a picture of Alberta and different temperatures. So Lethbridge is 31, Cronatius is 29, Fort McMurray is 32. So lots of high 20s and into the 30s. Um, for what the weather was like this summer. Yeah, since since uh, this is this year and last year, it's moving by rapidly. So it's impossible for any animals to uh, to adapt to this since it's such a unnatural weather. Well, the way I see it, this uh, animals, the animals were adapted to this. She just started probably about uh, five to ten years ago. And uh, how we've seen things starting to change. Uh, yeah, we had summers that were this warm before. We had summers that were cold before. Uh, as a matter of fact, the year I was born in 1948, uh, I remember my mom saying that was one of the worst winters there was, you know, as far as snow. They said they had to build tunnels in order to get through with her, with her horses at that time. So we don't like I like I was saying before. Uh, this uh, weather has been uh, just unbelievable. I guess in the last few years, uh, you know, you, what you see on the news, I can't, I can't really uh, talk about how the, the weather is changing up north. I heard that the uh, the uh, ice is melting as a, a lot faster, and, but I don't live up north. I live here, and I see what the changes are here like the flood that happened, uh, the big fire that happened uh, a few years ago, and uh, the, 
if you really look, uh, how did the fire start? It's all that, uh, again, goes back to the weather where we had thunderstorms and the lightnings would uh, start the fire. And uh, it's, uh, there's, you know, us as uh, First Nations people, we, we lived off the land. Our lives were with the land. Everything that we did regarded the land. That uh, uh, you know, when nobody ever goes back, and we as Six God people are very closely related to the Creator. The Creator is the one that gives us everything. We give thanks every day to the Creator. Uh, when the flood came, I was upset. You know, because I lost everything. I lost 100% in that flood. I was really, uh, I, I lost my home life for about two, three years. I was gone. I was in, in, in the town of Strathmore, in hotels, finally uh, uh, in a trailer. Uh, I lost contact with my family. So it really did a lot of, to a lot of people, a lot of damage. And I guess to tell you a little bit about my background, I'm half Cree. My mom is Cree. Uh, she never spoke any Blackfoot language or English. She never went to school. So I was classified as a Cree, and I've got a lot of Cree relatives. And one of my uh, Cree, relatives. It was an elder. He passed away his last couple of years ago now. And uh, we were pretty close. And he lived down in the state of Washington. And he would come here all the time for powwows and uh, just to visit his relatives here. So when he came here, he uh, I was telling him about what we went through, through the, the floods and everything. And he uh, made a gesture, and he just said, ah. He says, you know what, you Siksika, you're lucky. Water is powerful. Water is our life. Everything in that water, when that water came through your Siksika here, you were blessed. And I never really thought about it. And at home, I had these trees that I planted probably about 15 to 20 years ago, and they only grew about three feet. And after the flood came, the year after, the spring after that flood, I went back to my work because they demolished my home and everything. But that, those trees that I planted were bigger than regular trees. So the Creator created all these. He brought back life to these things. So that, that water created life for everything. And one of my spirit animals is an otter. When I went to, the, to my place there, there was an otter swimming around right by my place. See, my teepee's an otter design. 
which I've transferred so far now, uh, since then. But all these animals were coming out, these water animals that the Creator gave us, which is why we as Native people, we uh, look at disasters as disasters when we shouldn't, because we believe that the, the Creator put obstacles in front of us. When we, when we get to these obstacles, we have to learn. Like today, I'm still learning. We have to learn how to get around those obstacles. Example, everybody likes hockey. When you're coming down with a puck, making a, a breakaway, and you've got two people in your way, the two defensemen, those are your obstacles. You have to figure out how to go to get around those two people. So that's what the Creator gave us. He gave us these things and teaches us to teach ourselves to go around these obstacles. So every day we go through these obstacles. And with the help of prayer, we can get around these, these things that the Creator put in front of us. And we, you know, it's it's a teaching thing to us every day. Like my main, my main two people in my life that taught me, other than my mom and dad, my grandfather, is I had two mentors after that: my uncle Ben Caffro and my my father Mark Wolflake Senior. Those are the ones that taught me every day about to look at how life is, what to expect in life, and how you can get around those in life. So I'll let her explain a few things too. I had a lot of teachings from my grandmother too, plus my mom and dad. Like he talked about how we lost a lot of stuff in the flood, but that's one obstacle that we had to overcome. And again, it is from our elders that helped us. And there was an elder, I worked at BCHP, the Blackfoot Crossing Historical Park at the time. And, um, and it was hard for me to go to work because you look out the window and I see my home down the valley and it was gone. Eh? So I kind of went through a a depression, anxiety, knowing I lost everything. Eh? But this one elder always came to BCHP. And that one time I was looking out the big window. I don't know if you if you were at the historical park, there's a big picture window, you look out in the valley. I was standing there, of course I was crying, thinking, how am I gonna get started again? We've been married for 53 years legally, but we're together and we're one of the youngest couples to have a home. So my home was like 46 years old. All my kids grew up, grandchildren. So I lost a lot. And, but anyways, this elder comes in, of course I was just finished crying and he, he tells me Blackfoot Gukuna, meaning daughter. Every time I come in here, you hit me in my heart. I see that friendliness. You're so friendly. 
I was so happy, but I had the opposite. I was I finished crying. Eh? So that was his way, our elder's way of encouraging me for us to keep going. I don't know, I kept meeting that elder. Finally, that one day he said, uh, he just told me, your kids are going to make you happy. And you're going to get a new, you're going to get a new home. You're going to get everything new. And yeah, all those words of encouragement. And <clears throat> within that time, I start realizing how the land was growing. Everything was renewed. And that's when every year the river is kind of like, the river, it would rise in the spring to water everything. But this was a great blessing, like Gerald said, from this elder. So those, those are what we learned. But again, uh, in our ways, like I said, I had, I was kind of disconnected, I was kind of lost. So I had to go back to the river and I had to pray and say, okay, yeah, we believe there's water people. And so I kind of just told them, you know, for my spirit to come back to me because I knew I was, I was in myself and I prayed for, for them to look after all my stuff that were gone in the river. And we're part of the Calvary Stampede, so all, I was all prepared. That one year I was prepared. All I had to do was load up and move to the Stampede. We had a TP, but everything was lost. I seen everything just floating down the river. And, but that was a long journey we had to take. And, and again, a lot of elders told us, just pray. Don't give up on your prayers. Don't lose faith. And that's what I had to do. Pray. Pray for me. And, <clears throat> but what I noticed was everything was being renewed. That not that after the flood, the year after, right? Um, and we had went to an elders conference. It was elders older than us. And over there, they talked about climate change. And they said, you go back home, teach your children about to respect the land, to respect the land, and to try and help the land or where we come from. They really stressed that. So they said, try hard, teach your kids our language and the environment. He said, out there is our land. Out there in our, like six ago. He said, out there is Safeway, the pharmacy. Everything is out there for us to use. Start going back, like, we don't even do that anymore, eh? We just go to shoppers or Sobeys to get all our stuff. And he said, you can do a lot of stuff with, the, with the, our land, eh? And especially with if people had cattle and horses, we were supposed to look after them too, eh? And protect our land. So those were all what they taught us. They said, make sure they respect the land. Go back and use the land. It's going to waste. 
So that's the biggest part of the teaching, to get back and use it. And that's what we've been doing. So when this COVID, I'm gonna go off the topic a little. When this COVID came, I told my kids, you know, in life, sometimes we're doing so good, but you get to a point where you have to take a step back in life, maybe two steps to appreciate what we have. Because we, we take so much for granted, like the flood. I always thought we're gonna have our home. We're gonna always have our place. Everything will be there for us. But that was a big lesson in, to appreciate, to not take things for granted. So with this COVID, I told my kids, okay, you get to know your children, what they're thinking. And I told my grandchildren, get to know mom and dad. I get to know the land. So we were, we were able to go out to the land and get stuff that we need, the berries and all that. Eh? Um, but this year, one of the, like he talked about the animals, eh? If in, the, in, the, in June, around that month, if you see a lot of mosquitoes in July, that means we're gonna have a lot of everything. Berries and all the things we use, sage and all that. This year, hardly had any mosquitoes. So there's hardly anything. Like the sweet grass, the, all the different plants that we use for medicine, eh? there are hardly any. So anyways, again, it's the climate change and they were telling us, you respect the land, you respect. Um, and we see this, uh, I see this, uh, the way we're living now, it's all man-made. It, it has nothing to do with the world itself. It's what we made it to be. Like you hear about the, the, the coal mine stuff, how it's going to affect our waters, how the pipeline is going to affect the waters if something goes wrong. You know, sometimes we, we pray that nothing goes wrong, because we in Alberta, we need that. We need that pipeline to go through for... So it's all money. Everything is money. You know, uh, so we created this thing. Now we have to try to figure out how to, we, how to fix it. How do we fix this? You know, we, like she said, we take everything for granted. You know, you take uh, the average kid that goes out, goes to McDonald's. You know, everything at McDonald's comes off the land. You know, the hamburger comes off the land, comes off the cows. The cows eat off the land. The, the other good things that go like the lettuce, they all go, come from the land, you know? Everything's off the land. Even the buns that, that we make the hamburger with, they come off the land, like the wheat. Everything is off the land. But it's us that puts all those chemicals into those things that, that we're putting into our bodies, you know? And what, what, it, what it's doing to, 
the earth, I guess. You know, the earth can't take it. So one of the things that we always forget when we do everything is give thanks. I don't think I can come up with a better answer for that question. You guys are amazing. I guess Christmas came early this year, and we're lucky to have you guys. Uh, yeah, it is a couple of perspectives from my family. Like, my Auntie Marianne, she remembers a time. I'm going to introduce this topic first. Like, greenhouse gases. I mean, that's such a huge topic. I don't think needs an introduction, but... They cause pollution, and that's the reason why all this, uh, this these phenomenons, these unnatural phenomenons, these rise in temperatures, these uh, these ruiners of lives. I'm not. I'm, we're not speaking just for ourselves. We're not speaking just for our culture. We're speaking for everyone, everyone who is affected by climate change. Not just us. There's multiple families with different cultures that are being eviscerated by these floods or fires. Multiple countries around the world are being affected by climate change. And we're not just speaking for ourselves. We're just, we're just perspectives. We're just a small ant in an ant colony. And global warming is one of the biggest issues right now, besides from COVID. These two Goliaths are ruining our lives. So my Auntie Marianne remembers a time back in her day we're in Calgary, she could still see the stars. We're still glistening in their beauty. As Calgary grew bigger, it started becoming more of a problem for the environment. I mean, it's not just Calgary. It's multiple cities around the world that are way bigger than Calgary. Uncharted lands we haven't explored yet, like New York, that are contributing to climate change. And the reason why they're doing it is just for individuality. It's just for their own personal needs. It's just to see how big can we make our cities. You know, all the lights you put on like a McDonald's building, that, that comes with consequences. I mean, yeah, it's good to just go down and have a burger, but all that comes with consequences. The damage to the environment, the resources we take up, the resources we destroy by making more light pollution and heat pollution. And that drives the temperatures and that makes, that, that dries up our land and makes it more vulnerable to wildfires. Like that one in 2017, uh, that fire grew very close to my sister's house, right at the edge, right at the trees. They were dry. And it's a Christmas miracle that the fire didn't glow closer to our house. All the money wasted, all the memories gone. So it's a miracle that my sister and my auntie and my uncle, their jobs, their careers are still with us today. And that's what happens if we don't do something for climate change. So what are we doing wrong and when did it start? Did it improve? Well, as, as far as I can see, uh, what are we doing wrong? Well, the question is right there. People know what they're doing wrong. And it's, uh, again, it's all money. Everything is money. You know, if they, uh, ever, all this, uh, 
stuff they're doing, like the oil wells, uh, the greenhouse, you know, they're, uh, it's all, it's all man-made. It's all just to make money. And I always believe is how do we fix it? Is go back to our ways. Everybody in the world has a way of doing things. You know, they have a history. We have a history. You know, uh, it's not only how to look after our land and all that, but the first thing is, like I was going to say before, is we never give thanks to the creator. There's all these things that, that, that we take off the land. Like with Blackfoots, they always put tobacco. Even the Crees, they put tobacco to give things when, before they take anything out from, people call it Mother Earth, but the way Mark showed me, he says, it's, it's, it's your body. The land is your body. So when he says I, I, to live a long life, to walk around on earth, he says to walk around on your body, to continue for a long time. So that's the creator's body and you're wa wasting that body. You're, you're damaging that body. And that body is reacting to uh, to the climate, you know. I guess uh, you know. I always believe not in in everyday life. We've lost that. We've lost who we are. Uh, I don't know if I can refer to other cultures. But in our culture as Sikhsa people, we've lost our identity. We have to find that identity and go back to it, to, to, to really fix it. You know, like she, she talked about uh, us going back to living off the land. You know, like Sobeys is our, is our land now. The pharmacy is our land now. And, but everything is out there. Out there, you know, you could, people used to big, go to the bush and they know what kind of leaves to use and for medicines and what kind of plants to look for your vegetables. Everything is out there. We've lost that. If we can go back to that and tell the creator, okay, show me what I can use from your body. You know, and give that thanks. Like I said, we're, we are spiritual people. We're, we, we're connected to the Creator. Now, let, let's make a use of it. You know, how we're creating it, it's, it's us. That's where the climate change is coming. It's, we're, we're doing the damage. And it's all money. Everything that the climate that you see changing, it's the root of it is money. Yeah, you are 100% right on that, how we are destroying the environment. Um, I'm going to go a slight bit off topic. 
not off topic from climate change, off topic from our culture. Um, I've heard an argument for climate change saying that China is the main reason why climate change is happening. I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be funny. Some people are saying that China is the main reason why our temperatures are rising. Well, uh, I don't know China. I've seen pictures of it and I've seen programs on it. And with all that uh, smog that was and, uh, coming out from the, the city. But I also seen it in LA. Right. You know, LA is just as bad. Yeah. So, you I mean, know, we're just as bad you, as Calgary. We're not yeah. as big as Calgary, yeah. but we're still contributing to it. If China was the only reason why our temperatures are growing, we wouldn't be where we are right now. Our winters would have been colder. Yeah. But China is just an aspect of climate change. It's mm. something that can contributes to con climate change. Yeah. And LA, Calgary, New York are also contributors and they grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So we shouldn't just point fingers and put all the stress on China. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the way I see it, you know. Sometimes I look at, uh, I see it on pictures and I say, well, you know, people are talking about climate change and that's there. But, you know, realistically, uh, you can't blame China. You blame all the people around the world. Every uh, person that's out there trying to make money. You know, it's all out there. You know, everything. You know, uh, <clears throat> I, I go back to Sixica and just look at all the garbage flying around. And uh, is that a factor or, you know, you, you, you start thinking about it, you know, even, in, even though it's, it's very little compared to these big cities. And you, then we take a look at, you know, the fish, is it safe? You go down to the city and uh, you wonder why some parts of the cities is not melting, the river's not melting. It's right by these big sewer places. And where's that river flowing to? Right through our reserve, you know? Uh, so is all these a factor? You know, the things that, that, that we see locally? Uh, I know they're bigger out there, but it's everybody out there. And why is that sewer there? It's all because of money, you know? Yeah, when the world ends and there's no one left on the planet, we're not going to say someone is the reason why the world ended. Everyone is the reason why the world ended. All of us contribute to climate change. It's our fault that we turned on the light and gave on more energy. I mean, there's trillions of us out there. Yeah. So when the world ends, it's nobody's fault. It's everybody's fault. Yeah. Yeah. It's all our fault. You know? mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it, and we just <clears throat> we got to go back to where we believe in the Creator. The Creator, we have to call on the Creator to help us. But <clears throat> a lot of us are are are, are gifted with uh, with uh, with prayers. We just have to start using it. We start using the way. <clears throat> We were taught to use the, the land and, you know, start re reducing that, you know, and like 
even now, you're happy to hear all that snow in the mountains that's finally going to come down uh, in, uh, in the springtime. But we don't have any. Like at six o'clock, there's no snow. You know, how's things going to grow? You know, so we're being affected too. You know, uh, ranchers are complaining we don't have enough snow. Uh, and the cost of price is going to be going up. But how do we do that? How do we correct that? You know, we need all these things. We need the we need the snow for moisture. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to read something. It's how how the environment around us around us keep keep us in life. <clears throat> the sun kept everyone alive. The sun keeps us alive. The moon helped us tell, gave us directions. Uh, the stars help people find their directions too. The moon helped us tell the seasons. Our ancestors respected each other, also to animals, birds, plants, and all the nature beings. The Blackfoot people depended on the resource of the land for shelter, food, water, and clothing. The Blackfoot people depended on animal resources for knowledge because animals sense the differences or sense the changes of weather and season. The rabbits and weasels turn color, and, and the leaves start changing color in the sign of autumn. The ancestors gathered wild roots, herbs, berries for the winter months. This has been a life, long life tradition of the Blackfoot people, and it has changed over the years because of climate change. Yeah. yeah. But we talk about that just so we know how we have to respect the land. We have to go back and do what we can. Especially you know, in Sixika. Yeah. Yeah. So I have one more topic I want to talk about. It's a topic I, I never thought I would ever talk about. A topic that I've never I would never see myself invested in talking about. But we're gonna be talking about fossil fuels. So you guys are aware of fossil fuels, right? No oil, gas, natural gas, yeah. So, <coughs> to uh, close off our podcast, I want to tackle probably the biggest question on this list. Are fossil fuels good or bad? Should we still have them around? Are they a good source of energy? I guess it all depends. Uh, with us back home, uh, there's a section on the east side of the reserve that had a lot of activity in uh, gas and I don't see anybody living out there. I went out there to, to uh, see if I can move out there after the flood and uh, what I found out is uh, as soon as you dig there, like you couldn't get any water because all the water smell of gas. 
because all uh, they did a lot of uh, uh, seismic out there and must have moved the land or something but you know the the, the land beneath the ground is uh, it's just uh, it really smelled I know uh, some of my my relatives my neighbors that lived up in that area close to it that used to come down to my house and and get their water because their water would smell really bad and it wasn't right so uh, you know when uh, oil is well it's the same thing it, it, it flows into the rivers the the, the waters that uh, that we used to drink. I know as a little boy, we used to get all our water, uh, drinking water from the river, but now we can't. You know, uh, it's it's all that uh, that activity that, that's going on. Uh, you know, uh, as far as coal right now, uh, it's all uh, being used by big machinery in the old days, uh, I remember I used to get coal for for heating up my house, but it was all done by hand. So you knew uh, how much land you can use. It's not uh, a big chunk of it, but once these big uh, machineries start coming in, they start moving the land, and uh, it, it affects it. So I don't know if... I answered your question, but that's what I've seen. Yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, one of the podcasts I was listening to before us, um, someone brought up the topic that it depends on how we use the fossil fuels. I mean, they're a good source of energy. It's just We have to be mature enough to use them right. Like, not spill oil all over the oceans and ruin multiple generations. Not heat up. Not change our weather. I mean, this is probably the warmest winter I think I've ever seen in the wild compared to last year. You know, how there was a blizzard in like yeah. April. It all depends on how we use it. You know, if we're not, again, rising our temperatures, ruining the environment in multiple generations, it, it does depend on how we use it. Mm-hmm. And if we use, it also depends on how much we use it. I mean, Back in the day, it used to be hard to get our, to do work, to, uh, to farm multiple fuel fields with horses and shovels. And we are evolving to that, and that's good, but, but there's a limit on how much we should, and where we should stop, like automobiles. Like, I have no idea why people do this, but uh, you know, we're on the highway, and there's this guy blowing up like this black smog everywhere out of their exhaust pipe. It's disgusting, honestly. I don't know why they have a reason to do that. I think it's just to be funny and get a reaction to it. Like, ew, look, look at the smog everywhere. No, that's, that's not an excuse. No, all the fossil fuels, we need to handle them right. We need to be, we need to mature and use them right. I mean, these are very powerful sources of energy. They're good sources of energy, but we just need to use them right. You know, if we don't damage our environment. Well, like I said, uh, it's been around for a while. Uh, the 
few. Uh, like I'm 73 years old, so in my lifetime, well, I know a time when uh, there was no snow at all at Christmas. That's where the term brown Christmas came from. But uh, uh, it's, I don't know if it has anything to do with uh, any, uh, any damage of the land, but, uh, you know, around the world, uh, like again, I can't answer, but Calgary, uh, and uh, in this area, in uh, Blackfoot Territory, it's our, always the land, you know, they say they they'd say spend five minutes in Calgary and you know how the weather changes. You know, and it's that's uh, that's the things I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting a blizzard by now. Yeah. No, like well, like I said, back in April there was a blizzard. And my mom told me there should be like a last blizzard before spring finally comes and winter concludes. And I don't remember that happening this year. I don't remember a single blizzard this year. I could be wrong, but I was expecting a blizzard right now. I mean, yeah, that's all I gotta say. All the rising temperatures, this is just all so alien. It's just so, this must be so alien for you guys for from all the weather you had to dealt with back then. Yeah, my uh, <clears throat> my dad. Uh, my dad used to tell me about <clears throat> talk to me about uh, when around November eh, he would say, "Okay, we're gonna have a cold winter, so you better." Get clothing for your kids, properly dressed, make sure you have, in case we're out of power, you know, you have a wood stove outside. Always helped me to prepare so they knew. And sometimes he would say, we're gonna have a mild winter, so, but still be prepared and always have a blanket in your cars and all that. So they, elders knew back then how the weather's gonna be. Eh? Uh, again, like he said about just the animals that told us, you know, like showed us. Um, if, you, if you see a bird nest that's deep, it's going to be cold winter. If it's low, be mild. So those are the things my dad said, you look for them. But they always knew and they warned us, say. So I think this year he would have said, it's going to be mild or it's going to be cold after New Year's. Yeah, they knew these things ahead of time, uh, just with the animals in. Yeah. Uh, uh, my mom told me this. Uh, I mean, it's not. This, I'm gonna go off topic for emotions. This is a bit more of a silly one. Okay. Uh, my grandpa Mervin, you know him, right? Yeah. Uh, back in the day, my mom had a job of uh, digging up all the snow, and the snow. She said it was pretty high. It was up to lake level. And my grandpa was an elder back then and wasn't able to uh, lift his legs up and walk all over them. <laughs> so, so what my mom did was made a little maze for him to, go, to get to his car, multiple dead ends. So my grandpa just had to kick down all the walls. 
He got so frustrated. I mean, he was prone to anger back then. He got so frustrated. And he was so mad that day. I mean, I wasn't there myself, but my mom knew all the experiences. Yeah, that's how cold they were back then. You know, up to lake level compared to now, where it's just barely reaching our soles of our feet. It's crazy. Yeah, we remember some of those uh, winters, and we also remember some of the really hot summers. Uh, uh, and I've heard about them too in the past, and I guess you, you'll hear people tell stories about them. And where you see those stories is on the uh, winter counts, you know, the buffalo robes, where they, they talk about how the time when there was a lot of snow, you know, like I said, 1948 apparently had a lot of snow. The only reason why I remember that, because that's the year I was born. That's the year my mom used to tell me uh, when they go to town, they have to dig a tunnel to get their team of horses to get through there. So these people used to put them on buffalo ropes and tell the story of how that that year was, you know, uh, so they, it, it, and it, it's, it goes back a long time because I went into museums and I've seen some of these winter counts and we've read about Horton Running Rabbit's uh, uh, winter count or Old Son's winter count, you know, they, they're all on buffalo robes and they kind of tell you the, the, the story. You know, those stories relate to the stories that Ben Caffrey would tell me, the stories that Mark would tell me, the stories that these other elders, my grandparents, my parents used to tell. So the history is there. So this climate change has been there for quite a while now. We just it's got more Jurassic and more yeah. movie, cinematic life. The more money we want, the worse it's going to get. Right. <laughs> um, it's not, it was not just my mom, my grandpa, my uncle who experienced these wild winters. I mean, back in the day, uh, I would say it's like 2013. Uh, that winter was probably the most magical experience of my life. Uh, my uncle Dory has like a front loader but I don't know if he used it back then. Um, there was a pretty nasty blizzard that went up to our porch. All the snow back then. So what he did is that he had to, what he did is that he made this ginormous hill right outside our house and we used to go sledding on it. That's how much snow that they were back then. And that was honestly the most magical winter of my life. But of course we haven't had a winter like that in ages now, nearly a decade, if I'm correct, if that did happen in 2013. And that that could get worse. Yeah. No, that picture I showed you with uh, Alberta, how it's bright mm -hmm. red from yeah. all the yeah. heat. Yeah, there's uh, one time I, there, was a, there was a winter, I had a six foot fence around my fence, my, my, yard, my yard fence. Eh? And it at one year, it just about evened up to that six feet. I don't know if it was that high because it it was blowing, so the the wind blew it against. 
there, but I don't know. But and it snowed a long time too, so uh, kids were sliding down a, down that a, a big snow drift that we had. But uh, you know, people remember these things. Uh, and, uh, you know what kind of winters that they they'd have and what they lived through. Like I said, we lived through a lot. Uh, and in the 50 plus years that we've been together, so and we, we, we lived, at the time there was no electricity, no running water, but that, those were the times when we used to get river, uh, water out of the river to drink. You know, that's how clean it was. Today, I don't think anybody would want to go and drink. Uh, some of that water that, that flows on the river because of the sewer that's coming from Calgary. So, uh, and that's, like I said before, that sewers, from this uh, sewage place in Calgary that uh, these people just wanted to make money to build that sewage area there. So, I can't say it enough that all this is caused by money-making thing, everything, everything. What the climate is doing is people just want to make money. And as long as they still want to make that money, we're not going to have this, uh, we're going to continue having this problem. So, and how to fix it, like I said, we, we have to go back to our history. How, how did we live before? How did we live off the land? You know, how did, how, how did we communicate with the animals? To, to, uh, we, we have to go back in order to fix all this climate change. So I don't know how much time we have, so I'd like to thank the school for, for inviting us. I know we went over... Uh, yeah, we went over a lot of serious yeah. topics. You know, the future, the multiple generations we can destroy, not just human generations, not family generations, but also possible plant and vegetation, animal life, animals that are in risk right now, you know, the polar bears, all those are at risk right now, and if we don't do anything about it, we're, it's how it's going to end. People are speculating, oh, is a world going to die to a black hole or an alien invasion or nuclear warfare? I think this is the most likely reason how the world is going to end. One of the things I just want to add is uh, this year people are really conf confused about the uh, the geese and the ducks are not flying south. Where are they flying to? They're sticking around. So they're confused too about the weather. Not only is the, this how the world is going to end, but I think this is how this podcast is going to end. <laughs> I'd like to thank you all for uh, yeah. for giving me, lending me your ears. You listeners too, everyone who's listening to this podcast, uh, thank you for lending an ear. And um, I am so very thankful that I was able to get a hand of you guys. I thought it was too good to be true. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Well, once again, thank you very much for for having us here. And if, at any time that you need, need us to uh, uh, 
come and talk to other students would be fine. Yeah. yeah. We're always glad to help out, you know, in your own way. Thank you.